Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You may be seated. You, like like myself, have probably heard this uh, given advice from that old chap that was very important in your life. He may have said these words to you, find something you love to do and you'll never have to work a day in your life. And most of us never found that. I'm just kidding. I have. I have found that being a pastor is something that I love doing. It oftentimes does not feel like work. It's a joy and a privilege and honor to be here. But work is often associated with something laborious, monotonous, tiring, boring, a drudgery of of days going on and on and on. And so people will often find ways to get out of work rather than go to work. A sick day, meaning whatever you're doing is rather amazing and work, on the other hand, is anything but amazing. But at the end of the week or at the end of the month, you get that cheese, as they would say. You got it, that pay for your labors, and it feels all so good to go take that to the bank and cash it or see your bank account numbers growing. And so, well, people like to work knowing what's coming to them. And that is what we find And the first people of our gospel. They didn't quite want to go to work in the vineyard until they found out what would be coming to them. So they negotiate with the vineyard owner for a denarius for their labor. And that was, in the time of Christ, the typical day uh, labor uh, wage, which was for about 12 hours of work. So they began in the morning and then till the evening, and at the end they would collect their day's wage and do whatever they would like with it. And that's oftentimes what we find in the Christian generation of, of people working for whatever uh, they want the Lord to do for them. They find that their faith is based on whatever they can negotiate with God. They want a reward for their work. Uh, They don't really find it a labor of love, but they expect to get something out of their service to God and his kingdom. This parable isn't a description of the heavenly places. It's a description of your life here on earth, your life in the midst of church. And there exists within God's church those people trying to reach a deal with God. They want to say, Lord, if you agree to these terms for me, then I will gladly come and work in your church. In fact, people want to know what the benefit of getting your child baptized is or bringing your family in to hear the word of God. What's the benefit? What's in it for me? I often don't lead with uh, the Lord puts a target on your back and therefore the devil hates you and the devil's your enemy. Uh, The one who is the prince of this world, as the Bible says. Eh, That's not what I lead with, right? But what do we lead with? That God is the one calling you to this place. God is the one bringing you into the church. God is the one here promising to give you what is right. That word there is often the word that we find used to describe the righteousness of God. What is right? What is just? That is what we say the Lord brings us into his kingdom for. To give us the righteousness of Christ. So there are those whose faith is conditioned on the works of the law, which, 
if you can't find uh, what the works of the law do and salvation unto us has come, you, you've really missed out on singing that. The works of the law, they don't save. In fact, you, when you come face to face with the law, you find that you haven't done enough. You haven't been the best worker in the vineyard and you're just getting what you agreed to at the end. But works are there. God does call us to work. Work isn't bad. In fact, being a laborer in the vineyard of the Lord is a good thing. In fact, the vineyard often needs that work done. If not, it would become overgrown. It would be sour fruit. But the Lord works in the vineyard to prune back that overgrown vine. It works to keep the grapes fresh and fruitful, sweet, and used for that purpose of wine. The joy of man's heart. Do you remember last week when I talked to you about glory? I spoke to you about the glory of the Lord in the crucifixion of Christ. And I said that that's where the Lord's glory is. And that is where we find the grace of God. We see that God has shown us undeserved love to go and die for us. To give to us the riches of his kingdom. To be actually invited into that place of the Lord and to there receive everything beyond our imagination. But I also said that there still remains those upon the earth who want to take from the crucifixion God's glory and in fact take that glory and turn the spotlight towards themselves, put that glory on themselves. And so they look and they want God to look at their own works. They see as their own glory the reason for the Lord's favor. And in fact, that's what creates such a grumbling at the end of the day in our text. While the translation that you got conveys the meaning, why do you begrudge my generosity? The words there in a very literal translation is, why is your eye evil? And isn't that interesting? Because we all have eyes to see, and the one who has negotiated with God, their faith based conditionally upon what they believe God should give them, what is their due. They look around and they see others whom they don't believe are working as hard as they are or have been invited into the vineyard late, and they don't see the the gospel because they don't see the vineyard owner as being a very good man. Because the goodness is based on what they think is right, which is according to works. How much or how little has been done. They can't see mercy. They can't understand compassion. They can't and truthfully will never see grace because they want you to receive whatever you have worked for. However much or little they determine that to be. And so their eye cannot see goodness. It only sees evil. Again, they take the glory away from the crucifixion, the forgiveness of our sins to all people, because they want you each to have your own glory according to your works. But that does not save. Those are the two types of workers that proceed into the vineyard. Those seeking payment and those working by faith in the goodness of the one who called them. John writes in his gospel, 
account, he says, No one is able to come to me unless the Father draws him. The words of Jesus. No one is able to come to me unless the Father draws him. And so we see in this text this overflowing love of the vineyard owner to keep going out again and again from morning until evening the call goes forth. It goes forth from the beginning of mankind's life to the end, the day the Lord returns. And all during the middle of our life, the Lord waits, patiently waits to bring us in again, that we might turn from our foolishness and commit to him following to work in his vineyard. In fact, every time you confess your sins and you receive absolution, it's kind of like that mini conversion, right? You're turning away from the things that led you to stay and look outside the vineyard of God. You're turning away from the sins which you abhor, and you're turning toward the Lord in his mercy and his forgiveness. You're receiving the glory of the Lord. You're receiving the work of Christ done on the cross. It's a a conversion. It's a response to the call that the Lord says, come unto me. Come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So find something you love to do and you'll never work a day in your life. But dear Christians, we have something better. Find someone who has loved you and who loves you and desires to give you more than all your work could ever merit And you will never work a day in your life. The good works that the Lord has called you to walk in are in fact his good works as Ephesians 9 and 10 tells us. We are the Lord's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that we should walk in them. The works that we have to do are the works of the Lord. And they are a good work. But they are not a burdensome work. We love because Christ has loved us. Enough to go out at whatever time of the day it is and to call us back to himself. And when we wander astray, he calls us back to himself. He wants us to be there in the vineyard. He wants us to be working in his home, in his house, being about the things that are his. The parable teaches us that God spreads his hand out all the day long, to bring people into his vineyard, to bring us there. And he does it out of his love. From the first to the last, it is an overflowing of his love that he comes to us to call us to himself. And you see what happens at the end of the day. When the evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first, And when those hired about the eleventh hour came, each of them received a denarius. This is how we have what we have. Not by what we have done, but by the grace and goodness of the master who gives to us what is right. Not right according to what we see, but right according to him who is goodness, who is mercy, who is love. It says in Romans chapter 11, So too at the present time there is a remnant chosen by grace. 
But if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. The second group of people worked by faith. This should be each and every one of us. Laboring away, loving our neighbor just as we love ourselves. Because we trust in the goodness of our master who has called us. The second group of people are the ones who receive everything from the Lord. They are not sent out of the vineyard like the first group, who receive their due, whatever they had agreed to, and then the Lord sends them out of the vineyard. They are outside of the church of God in the end. They got what they were owed. They're going to hell because they're a sinner. So think about it. Is God doing what is right when he sends people to hell? He is. He is justified in casting them out into eternal death because they do not want what the Lord works. They want what they have worked for. God's justice in showing mercy and giving what is undeserved and what is not worked for is given by faith. To those who take the glory of God from the cross and place it in themselves and their works, they believe in themselves. They have no faith in God. And when they see God giving more and more to, what, to those who have not merited it, their eyes cannot see anything but the, Lord's, but the Lord's work as being evil. Because they cannot stand to see someone receive more than, that they, more than they have. They are envious. They are angry because someone else receives the joy of the mercy of God. God loves us, but God does not owe us. God drives those men who do not believe in his goodness out of the vineyard, and they go to hell. In fact, most people go to hell. It's not a comforting thing for those who are unbelievers to hear, but it should be something of a sobering fact for us all. Because God loved and loves in going out every hour of the day to be out there to gather people because he desires them to be with him in his vineyard, not outside the vineyard. And so let us be as those Christians are who work by faith, finding the one who has loved us so that the good works which we do, that prove our faith is living, that show us and show the world that we truly do believe that God has given us every good thing. Let us be those Christians who are disciplined. To be restored, we come to church, and at home we read our Bibles, take them off of our nightstands. We are in fervent prayer for those needs of our own and the petitions we offer on behalf of others. We are Christians who do not run the race aimlessly, but we are the Christians who have a pointed goal. We work thinking about who our master is and what he has done. We work because of the goodness that God has shown us and we know in the end will show us on the day of his return. We work because the Lord is good and will give to us what is right according 
to the work of his son, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all their understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord.